Did you know the top 10 mobile games in the U.S. grossed more than $340 million in June? Do you want your game to earn more? App Figures is all about giving game makers the tools they need to get more downloads and revenue. You may already know them for analytics and app store optimization. Now, App Figures can help you keep track of competitors and the game market. From how many downloads they're getting and how much money they're making to their audience demographics and even which tools they use to power their games. Their competitor intelligence gives you great context. Got a great idea for an app or a game? With app figures, you can figure out how big the market is and how much money you could be making with it. Say a competitor adds a new feature or was mentioned in the news. With app figures, you can see if that brought in more downloads. And that's just scratching the surface. Whether you're growing your game or building a new one, app figures has what you need to reduce risk and get more downloads. Best of all, you don't need a large budget or data science degree to do this kind of thing anymore. App figures has made it affordable and simple. On top of tools, app figures also provides a lot of guides and tutorials to take you step-by-step step through gaining more visibility with ASO and increasing your revenue by learning from your competitors. They just released a free guide on that, actually. Head to appfigures.com forward slash on forward slash unchained to try app figures for free. Again, that's app figures, A-P-P-F-I-G-U-R-E-S dot com forward slash O-N forward slash Game Dev Unchained to try it for free. If you like it, use our special code GDU3030 to get 30% off for the next three months. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Game Dev Unchained, the number one game development podcast of game development and the lifestyle thereof. I am your host, Brandon Pham, back at it with the part three of five series of what is the best of 2021. In this part three, I want to kind of go over all the roundtable news the past year that basically laid out what this year looks like. The first up is about Blizzard. Blizzard itself has been going under a turmoil of internal issues and have been kind of publicly about how how these issues kind of unfolded with a lot of harassment suits, a lot of trouble with their employees, uh, and employers kind of reacting in a bad way, which kind of followed with a lot of walkouts and overall bad news. So with this first part, highlighted with Ray Graham. We talked about how Blizzard and what the after effects of that means, which we saw later in the year, how Ubisoft and other bigger companies were kind of going through similar issues. So please enjoy. This is from episode 282, Blizzard Under Fire. Enjoy. Brad, this this is the part where, all right, 
something's up. Another African-American employee who worked in information technology was similarly micromanaged by her manager. Unlike the men on her team, when she requested time off work, her manager made her write a one-page summary of how she would spend that time off when no one else had to do any write-up. All right. That is... That is a <laughs> red flag. <laughs> if you have to write a note, like, what? like, like you're in what? fifth grade of I'm how you would spend that time. I am off. That's crazy. Yo. Yeah, that that's a bit crazy. Yeah, that that is uh, not normal. But uh, yeah, I mean, the main issue is <clears throat> with the bigger company like Activision Blizzard, they often try to push this under the rug uh, as quickly as possible uh, before it snowballs into what it is now a big problem and it's unfortunate but it is kind of like the norm uh for for these companies to act and react that way and i'm kind of curious to see uh especially with blizzard right what i'm seeing with blizzard because blizzard has kind of been on like a uh downfall ish of a, as of late in terms of uh, monthly subscriptions to all their franchises right combined it's mm-hmm. been kind of dropping i think the last graph i saw was 50 percent over like three five years or something which is a lot mm-hmm. not just wow overwatch everything mm-hmm. and so um it, it's part of the onslaught of what we've been seeing where Activision Blizzard or Blizzard is becoming more and more Activision controlled, right? Uh, there was a couple of years ago where Activision's management kind of went in and Blizzard doesn't manage really their own team anymore. They, they're starting to use the publisher's uh, team to kind of uh, market their game and, and at least manage that part of it. So we saw like the external development or external management from Activision starting to move in uh, and, and take more control of Blizzard a few years ago because of the slow downfall uh, that we're seeing now with a lot of their thing, right? And now with Blizzard OGs kind of being pushed out, uh, you know, how much of Blizzard is left is what I'm asking. I mean, you know? I mean, well, Blizzard has been bleeding its og talent for a while but like i mean that might be a good thing yeah right that might that might be change and giving bringing fresh ideas and and fresh things and and the next thing they do might be another huge success right like like it's hard to say if it's like these special snowflakes were the ones that made these great games or they maybe they're the ones that made those great games at the time and that idea was hot at the time. And in, in the year 2021, that idea is no longer hot, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then now you need the fresh new blood that's thinking differently about what the next big thing is going to be or the next experience is going to be. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's hard to say. It's hard to say. But like, but this decline of Blizzard has been going on for a while. Meanwhile, Activision stock is doing the best it's ever been doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so... I don't know how much of that's really been hurting their their bottom line. Yeah, I mean, if in the end they're just worried about their stocks going up or down, then a Blizzard blip uh, won't hurt them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. I feel a lot of what the stock's been going through is kind of remnants of old success of the Blizzard flame right well, well the, other, the other no the other part of activision has been going very well right call of duty and call of duty candy crush are, are, are killing <laughs> it right yeah yeah king king and and 
Well, here's the dangerous part, right? Here's something I did read. With Blizzard kind of slowly flaming out, call uh, Activision, the other half, quote unquote, are going harder and harder with the just Call of Duty, right? A lot of the other franchises besides COD are, are kind of being roped into the COD development family. And uh, they're really putting all their eggs in one basket. So there's uh, like a lot of what articles that I'm Warzone, reading. What are the Warzone numbers? <laughs> yeah, it's doing well. No, 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 it's not doing yeah. well. It, like, I think that's an understatement, right? Like, yeah. Warzone's doing incredible. Yes. Right? And, and so, yeah, like, <laughs> that's what they're going to do, right? I would, I would love to know what Warzone's. Yeah, like. I'll look it up right now. Um, I mean, the pandemic did it wonders, I think. I, I think in terms of growth, Dude, oh, during the pandemic, it did its best. Activision Blizzard's Call of Duty drives 27% of the Q1 revenue in 2020. That's in 2020. Yeah. You know, uh, revenue's growing. Yeah, revenue grows 21% and and driven by Black Ops, you know, like... Yeah, call it call it is the money maker, you know what I mean? And and you can't be you can't really be mad at that. You know? Yeah, and it's mobile is actually doing really well too. Yeah. Cloud mobile. Yeah. yeah, I mean my concern is that maybe there's too much focus and there's not new IP and stuff, but you know, this is something that we've seen in industry forever, you know, like like when GTA was the hot, hot thing, you know, everybody was making GTA clones and pouring a lot of money into the next open world thing. Um, that's calmed down quite a, quite a bit. And now the next the next wave of investment from all the companies seems to be like, I need some sort of games as a service shooter that people will play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, on behalf of the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, it seems like uh, men were being groped as well. <laughs> yeah, oh my god! Yeah. It's not a safe place to be anywhere, man. Can't be this good looking. <laughs> it's Why, like it's well, jail rules. It, it's a good thing you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> You'd be surprised, man. I am a type. <laughs> For some people. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, Oh, geez. Yeah, I mean, I know some friends that actually left right before this all blew out, knowing that it would become a problem. But they did say that um, they say they witnessed some of this, but at the same time, they feel like a lot of these claims are are, kind of leftovers from the old crew. Um. Like a lot of the big stories are kind of from. Well, they're, they're from they're from a while. They're from a, some some time ago. Um, but also, like in that story that we're not really focusing on, there's also like talks of pay, yeah, inequities, right? And that's <clears throat> that's something that's they found to still be ongoing, right? Um, so. Like it's not necessarily just like oh yeah that 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 that's not a problem anymore. It's just, it's always something that you have to be always mindful of, and have policies and things in place uh, that won't 
let it just breed and fester. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, mean, I kind of want to ask you about that, right? With this kind of hybrid approach, a lot of companies still figuring out exactly how many people they want back in the office, how many they don't. Uh, we're, we're seeing the tech companies around the Bay Area kind of focused on um, on 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 kind of reducing pay if you're not in the area, right? If you're in another uh-huh. state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you see that factoring in with all this um, unequal uh, payment and all that stuff? Like, is it yeah. going to get lost? All, all this kind of progress we're making on this side, like that, that's going to mess <laughs> things up a bit. Yeah, that that was actually that's a that's been a hot topic because there's like a camp of people that are like, if I'm gonna do the same job as somebody else, it doesn't matter where I live, just pay yep. the same money for the same work. Sounds right? like employee, yep. Yeah. Period, right? Um at the same time I'm living in cheap Idaho Idaho and I I could buy a mansion for two dollars and I'm yeah. walking around town wearing a gold crown every day. Yeah. Um, what am I doing to that local community? Because some company in California has enough money just to pay me crazy amount of money, right? Um, some people would say that community in Idaho needs everybody needs to get paid, but that that could have a really crazy impact on the economy of that of that place, right? So there's the other camp that argues that you have to get paid the local market rate for that type of job and and where where you live right that's an interesting i don't know like how that place is equity in a way right because like when it comes to gender male female no gender whatever yeah the person if two of the same people are in like idaho then the pay should be the same right yeah. But if they're in San Francisco, the pay should be the same, but it should be this San Francisco rate. And, and like, you know, the HR and the comp team will will argue why this is important all day long. Right. Um, but none of that will still convince people that, you know, same work, you should get the same pay no matter what. Yeah. I mean, it might be because you're bringing when... the same value because you bring yep. the same value to the company. Right. I think it's easier for people that is just starting to get onboarded and then you can make that argument and it's like, whatever. But someone, what we're seeing is a lot of people who are used to a salary are getting reduced salary because of this. Yes. But I mean, but I mean, that's just like, you know, you've, you've interviewed for jobs in different places to relocate and stuff. Right. And, and immediately they tell you, well, you know, our cost of living is way less than San Francisco. Right. Yeah. That's the first thing they they want to tell you. Because they're about to tell you that you, they're, they're not going to pay you as much, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And and if you look at it on paper, you move to that place, you're getting paid less. Sometimes you sometimes you end up living even better because because it's like it's way cheaper, right? And yeah. the pay cut is still not the pay cut is less than the change in cost of living. You know what I mean? Um, so like something you still come out ahead, but like that's that you know that's been a thing. That's been a thing ever since I've been in, in the industry. But is it really a thing thing that somehow you getting paid more in a community that's used to a certain lower salary? Is it that big an effect? I mean, what what is, what is the let's explore that a bit more because I, I that's mm-hmm. the first time I really thought of that. Like, what are the dangers of someone rich in your neighborhood? 
like is he buying I mean, up more land like what's the fear here buying more well, like yeah well i mean look what's in and out. Like, like the whole <laughs> the whole the whole term gentrification right yeah is rich people going to just pushing uh, others out lower, yeah you just push others out because now you can afford to buy whatever right and so then right. you, you buy whatever drive up the drive up the housing costs because you can't afford it and it pushes lower income folks out right um that's like Texas what, right now. San Francisco, Oakland, right? Like New York. Well, well, right? Texas is a hot spot right now. A lot of our friends, a lot of people we know are, are kind of moving to that new Tex hub space, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? But you know what? They're moving there because they're like, oh, Texas is cheaper. But then they're all bringing California jobs and a bunch of money. And, and it's all rising up now. And, now and the locals houses. are complaining yeah. about it. Yeah. 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 Right. And same thing, same thing in Seattle. Same thing in Seattle, right? So that's that's you know, like it's a problem. That's something that you have to be mindful of, right? Like how how will that actually impact a community? So that that is a legitimate argument. It's not just an employer being I mean, like <laughs> it is, but the, the person getting the pay cut doesn't care regardless, right? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Right? All right, everybody. For the second part, I want to highlight one of the biggest issues last year that we saw kind of unfolded was Epic versus Apple. So why is this significant? Well, throughout the year and a little before that, we were seeing how Epic with Fortnite was going up in arms against the big, big Apple, right? Big Apple uh, didn't back down. Instead, they doubled, doubled down and banned Fortnite and Epic from its app store. Well, Epic kind of fighting for the little man uh, came back with saying that, you know, there was basically a dictatorship in the app store and how Apple needs to kind of open its doors so that not everybody needs to be charged 30%. So even though Epic was found later to be in violation of everything, eventually Apple had to overturn uh, its 30% cut to just 15%. So there were a lot of changes that came positive out of that. Ray Graham and I dedicated episode 273, the final showdown between Epic Games and Apple. Uh, so the Epic Games Store... Uh made $235 million in two years. So that's at a loss because uh, the last time we talked about that, uh, they spent well over $330 million uh, just to buy the first person uh, party, something around those lines to kind of have those exclusives. I don't think it was 300. I thought it was like 25 million, wasn't it? No, man, I'll look this up, man. You look it up. Yeah, I can't remember. It was a ridiculous number. I don't remember it being that high. Maybe I'm just tripping. Well, Tim Sweeney said that was a success. So it was absurdly yeah. high, I remember. Uh, if you no, can no, look oh, that up and confirm. No, that's what it was. They spent at least $11.6 million on the free games. Right. That's what it was. On the free games. Million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And got 5 million users in return. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and then they also revealed they spent over $444 million in 2020 to attract more PC gamers. So that's just marketing. Yeah. Wow, man. I didn't know they had to expose all that. It's so private. Yeah. Financials, man. Because the whole case is about how much money you make and what's what's the size of the market and all that kind of stuff, right? So... So you have to you have to you have to release release all that information if if you really want to make your point, I guess. 
the one surprising thing that I don't know if you were aware, and we're looking at an article from Push, uh, the reveal of the uh, revenue for Fortnite, 50% of that was made on PlayStation. You surprised? I'm very surprised. Why? <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I thought the Switch or something more affordable was was going to be a stronger player, but I had no idea that Sony had that much power. Well, it's not about Sony having power. Sony has a lot of users, right? They do have a lot of users. Yeah, but like Switch was pretty much up there too, dude. Yeah, but I mean, but when it comes to the revenue, the revenue is from people buying stuff, right? And so the crowd of people that would have the most expendable extra cash to be throwing at Fortnite things would be the ones that could afford the more expensive console, you think? You know what I mean? Five billion dollars made just on PlayStation. <laughs> Sony was happy. Like, why are they complaining? Because Sony still does the 30%, right? Don't they? On microtransactions? Yeah, I would, I would imagine Sony must have got something off of that. Yeah. And they're mad at Apple. Because <laughs> Apple, Apple wasn't even 10% or something. Let me see. Uh what is it? Uh, they well, have the iPhone? numbers here, actually. iPhone? 46% was from PlayStation 4. 27.5% uh, was contributed by Xbox One. And then only 7% was only on iOS. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So the remaining 18% were between PC. Wow, that was... PC is still such a small market. Android and Nintendo Switch. That is surprising. Mm. So just 18% PC Android in a sense to Nintendo Switch. Yeah. That's why no one cares about these guys. PlayStation, PlayStation killing it. Um, I, I guess it was a good idea to to not do save the world mode, you know, mm-hmm. after all. Uh, I love I love that mode, you know, and, and it just nobody played it, got no love, and then they pivoted to Battle Royale, and that was that. And Save the World was the original. Yeah, it was the original um you build forts and zombies and come and attack your forts, basically. Yeah. It was the game before, you know, PUBG told them to make it. (laughs) And it's one of those, I guess, pretty uh, synonymous story when it comes to success, right? It's had, has a bad, bad guy origin. Right. But then looking back like $9 billion later, looking back, it was the right decision. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I mean, okay. It's like this, right. And uh, some people out there are all about capitalism and all of those things. Right. And so, yes, as a purely capitalistic move, you see a trend, you move to where the trend is at and you exploit. And they definitely did a lot of work to, to exploit and, and monetize the hell out of it. And, you know, the content kept coming, right. And the content delivery and everything, that's a lot of work, you know what I mean? So they definitely put some effort in. Uh, but at the same, same time, you know, sometimes, you know. You gotta do what yeah, you gotta do. Sometimes the good guys don't win, right? That, that's, that's, that's what I feel like most say. times good guys don't win. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm still here. Still I'm still here talking to you, man. So Anyways. When it, when it comes to, when it comes to nine, $9 billion, it's, it's all about being as cutthroat as you can in order to do it. Well, it's funny that they're in this case because we feel like these two companies are pretty cutthroat and they're fighting each other on it. Um, what's interesting about this PlayStation uh, 
uh, information is we'll, 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 we'll kind of hear more stories to it, but you know, a few weeks back, like uh, PlayStation Sony didn't want to do the cross play stuff. Like they were most resistant. Um, obviously with that many microtransactions action and many play 50%, right. Of the playing field, I guess they had somewhat of a say of wanting to keep that, uh, within their ecosystem as much as possible, right? Yeah. And, you know, they have enough players to do stuff like that. You know, they can lock, they don't necessarily need to be promoting cross-play if they have a bunch of, a really large player base. Right? Yeah, so there's a, this is nine factoids that I found on Embassy Money uh, that was the most interesting bits from this court case that kind of revealed things, right? So you being the ex-Apple guy, these are skeletons from your closet uh, <laughs> that we kind of knew about, but now make uh, unavoidably clear that, you know, Apple definitely has a, an agenda, right? Obviously. Well, yeah, here, okay, hold on. Here's the thing. <laughs> If you if you think this is a big bombshell or some sort of news, the Apple ecosystem is a closed it's, it's very important, yeah. right? And I mean, and it's and Apple has got been on record saying that it's closed for a reason, and this is why it's closed. And of course, they say all oh, the good things, right? Like protection of the users and privacy concerns and, and all those things. But at the end of the day, it's so that they could completely control. Hardware, software, integration, make it nice, right? The integrations are super nice, but it is a closed ecosystem, right? And and so yeah, yeah like that that whole factoid that came out of the case about iMessage was <laughs> locked down because you don't they would not want to put it on Android. Yeah, well, yeah, the, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, iOS is a lockdown ecosystem. Of course, it is, right? So um, yeah. this is the party. Why you? They want you to buy more Apple stuff. Like that's just how it works. It makes sense, man. Like it's always since uh, in any tech, right? Uh, yeah. a, a private party is always the cooler party than the one that's open to everybody, right? So I mean, that's the Facebook social network premise, right there. <laughs> But I, I will say this. I mean, at, I'm listening through the Steve Jobs uh, uh, book right now, his biography. Uh, basically, yeah. like, it's okay to be an asshole. Uh, nah, that's, that's <laughs> the, I don't know which one you, you're reading, uh, but the one I read was, it was pretty. Uh, it was the pretty one by the key. famous. Yeah, the famous one. Uh, right after he died. Let yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Okay, but for the listeners, let me look it up. Uh, Jobs. By Walter Isaacson. Yeah, Isaacson, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm listening to that. I mean, it, it was very interesting. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I'm still in the middle of it, but like, I'm coming to respect where how Apple plays into the tech world, right? I mean, they've always been the innovators before Microsoft, and they've always been this closed system. Uh, I mean, they're, they've been through it with Microsoft as basically servicing everyone else. And now they're going through it with Android that is servicing everyone else. So the common denominator has always been Apple. And uh, it's funny that, you know, Microsoft tried to get in the phone business and completely failed, right? So, uh, yeah, this first little factoid right here uh, for those that are watching was uh, mainly about how Apple keeps its iMessage within the system. Uh, what's interesting is, you know, of course, they had ideas to make it more like WhatsApp where anybody can kind of message within each other or within that system. But then 
you know, as soon as it was brought up in 2013 and 2016, it was completely shut down for the same reason that Ray kind of shared. Right. But it's nice to kind of hear the kind of money. Where's the money in that? There's some, I know it makes sense. (laughs) It makes sense. And Apple is how much I hate it. Right. I do like that smartwatch. Like it is unbeatable and unequal. Uh, And trust me, I try, I'm wearing a, a Fitbit smartwatch. Because that's literally the only useful smartwatch that isn't the Apple <laughs> smartwatch. I looked at the Galaxy watch, right? I was like, what the shit is this? It's the <laughs> ugliest, clunkiest thing. It's barely supported. Yeah. And basically every other watch uh, besides the Apple watch, uh, it just does not match in quality and in price. So. And it almost made me feel like, should I buy an iPhone? <laughs> so it works in that degree, right? It's like... This product is so cool where I might have to buy in with this bullshit, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stick with my smartwatch for now, right? I'm good. I'm good with All my right. Fitbit. Uh, so this is the, the fact that I was bringing up earlier with the uh, PlayStation. How the crossplay was such a huge deal, right? Where PlayStation was the most resistant. But it showed that uh, it was way sketchier. Uh, there was like a lot of emails back and forth between them. Epic and Sony, uh, and there was a lot of complicated like proposals to to make it work and profitable, mostly on the Sony, to the Sony camp, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know they're sitting there with the numbers in front of them, and they're obviously, hey, I want more of the pie. If you want to open this up for Sony players to play with others, right? It benefits you obviously because your game is going to be bigger. But right. we need to see some of that cheese uh, to make this work. So obviously <laughs> they made some concessions <laughs> because now it is crossplay. And it is it is a milestone that, you know, I don't think a lot of the industry gives credit to Epic. Like that was the first major game that ushered in crossplay in a meaningful way, right? Um I can't remember another game that is as impactful. And I hope in the history of games that a whole chapter is dedicated to that because I, I don't remember a game I ever played with anyone on another system and how revolutionary of an idea that is. And Epic did it. Right? It is cool to play with other people. Look, but I mean, that's not the first game to ever do that. The big major one, I don't think even COD did that until after. Nah, man. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, like, like I'm sure there has to be some fighting game, Street Fighter. I don't, I don't <laughs> Not know. a game that is that big where everyone's dude, playing and talking about Street Fighter, dude. You tell me Street Fighter's not a big game, bro? It's, it's not that. It's not as big <laughs> as Fortnite, bro. It's not, making, it's not making $9 billion in two years. That is correct. However, that's a big AAA game. I'm sure there's been others that, that have been crossplay and the ones that are crossplay and they just don't talk about it like you know because it just it just kind of works right across different yeah you know it's called bad windows, marketing windows and xbox or you know one platform or another like there's been multiple instances of that before for sure yeah i wouldn't call uh, it as revolutionary is, is all i'm saying all right I'm saying. Right, right, right. But I think the impact is definitely felt the most with Fortnite with every kid during the pandemic before the 50, pandemic. 50% of the revenue. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. For sure. For sure. That's my impact. Uh, the last, uh, well, the third piece of news is, you know, one of the biggest thing 
that Epic has been arguing is that, you know, uh, all the rules aren't fair, right? Epic has like this hard, fast rule of 30%, but, you know, there's a history of them kind of letting certain companies bypass that rule. So they're picking and choosing who their friends are. And that is a very strong argument. And just basically been proven uh, through through this case, right? With Apple basically treating Netflix and Amazon uh, very special because of the amount of users that they bring in. Yeah. Uh, you know, the 30% cut isn't exactly 30% for, for any of those two. Like I, I last time I heard it was half. Like, like, I mean, yeah, like I think, I think Apple could afford to charge less. Yeah. Right. And especially when it is somebody who has that many users like Amazon, although Amazon still doesn't sell anything on the on the Apple on the iPhone in the app. Right. Like, well, it sells stuff, but it doesn't sell digital things. You can't you can't buy still can't buy Kindle books on your Apple device. You have to go to a website to buy a Kindle. Book. Right. I mean, Amazon still uh, bypasses that. Yeah. Because Amazon's like, yeah, we're not. We're not paying. Book. We're, we're not paying for, for every book. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they, uh, it's understandable to have deals. Like if it's your platform, you can do whatever the hell you want, right? And you can strike up deals with people however you want. If you want to give, if you want to give uh, Netflix and Amazon deals, you can decide to do that and then say screw Epic. Epic is like trying to act as if they are on the level of like Amazon and Netflix, and it's like nah. And on top, not not only on top of that, like. This, we already talked about this. This whole thing is just silly. Epic. They want Epic Game Store on iOS devices. Okay, the next part is about Stadia. Now, Stadia, unfortunately, wasn't as successful as Google wanted it to be, or didn't give it the chance um, that it could have had. Uh, basically, cutting a five-year commitment to two years, which, in any case, you can't make games like that, right? So. Uh, with Stadia shutting down, what was significant is you saw the rise of streaming games being more applicable with Microsoft going full in, uh, as well as PlayStation putting some effort into this space. So even though Stadia was supposed to be this gigantic uh, force to kind of break open what streaming games could look like, it opened a lot of doors for other companies to succeed through its own failure, right? So this episode is from 258, Stadia shutting down. Enjoy. A part of me a long time ago, there's no way Stadia is a thing ever. There's just nowhere coming back. I mean, I'm starting to see studios severing ties, you know, these third party <laughs> that are supposedly the focus of Stadia are, are slowly cutting ties with them. So, I mean, the writing's on the wall. There's, there's no one's left except for Phil. Well, the only people, well, the only people <laughs> that were at, like the games that were on Stadia were bought and paid for mostly, right? So they're like, yeah, sure, we'll put your. Oh, okay. All right. So they're just finishing right? what's yeah. on. On yeah, they're not out yeah. there fishing for more developers. Yeah, well, I would I would imagine I would imagine with this new focus that they're definitely not looking to put more games on. on like I cannot see Stadia as a brand uh, living much longer. Yeah, um, it's and, gone. And with this and with the notice of shutting down um, SG and E, they very well could have just said, "Hey, we're just going to kill Stadia entirely as a brand and 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 pivot it elsewhere." But they they stopped short of that, which like that's also kind of odd to me. 
what is this i'm trying to read this no one support <laughs> platform smoothly for it i have not done anything to violate your terms of service ah see every time uh, i see yeah. at google stadia what, what is this about but you know then, some context look, to this i i have some context to that but that's nothing yeah. really that's just like the headlines were all like trying to blow it up but it's really just homeboy lost access to all of his google stuff somehow through some reason I and see. he was like and he's like this is unacceptable I'm going to just make sure my game doesn't come to Stadia at this point because Google's trash. That's really, that's really what happened, right? It's, it has nothing really to do with SG&E being shut down. It's more to do with his personal Google account got wiped somehow or he lost access to it somehow and then got really mad about it. Um, yeah. Well, Terraria <laughs> right, is right, a big right, game. Rightfully, yeah, rightfully, <laughs> rightfully so. Rightfully so, though. You know what I mean? So... All right, here, here's some that. numbers here. 100, 150 employees. That's all they had? That was it? Yeah. So recently shut down all of its internal games to you, affecting approximately 150 people. Well, I thought they were like in the thousands or something. So they were no. still growing. Yeah, yeah so there's no yeah. way, man, to yeah, build a AAA games. game with 150. Come on now. Well, you got to start small. Then you have to figure out what you're doing first, right? I did a team in Montreal. Hey. Had a team down in. You start uh, small three years ago. <laughs> you yeah. don't start small three years in. So probably there is some credence to what you're saying. Now they're asking for 300 mil or yeah. growing the team bigger. And Google's like, "What do you mean? Like you saw the you saw the the letter that they wrote. Like, what does this say? Have, you know, like, Let me find it. Uh, a formal letter of why they're shutting down." Yeah, uh, I guess it is worth reading. Let me kind of pick, uh, pull it up right now. Was it Phil that wrote it? <laughs> yeah, there's a letter from Phil, but um, that dude, where else he's gonna run to? Yeah, see, like one of the one of the paragraphs in 2021. You know, we're expanding our efforts to help game developers and publishers take advantage of our platform technology and deliver games directly to their players. We see an important opportunity to work with partners seeking a gaming solution, all built on Stadia's advanced technical infrastructure and platform tools. We believe this is the best path to building Stadia into a long-term sustainable business that grows with the industry, right? So this is the same, bruh, video games ain't where it's at. We're talking about like because at the same time, you know, the amount of money that Google's dealing with and and the type of profit and scale that they're dealing with, right? Yeah. Like video games ain't that for them. You know what I mean? And they're like, no, like the way to get scale and actual make it a long-term sustainable thing is to turn it into a platform, right? And like it makes sense if you're if you're on the bean counter side of things, you know what I mean? And and you're just like trying to make it try to make it make sense. How do we get the maximum amount of profit out of the money that we spend? Yeah, but no one's going to your yard to taste your milk. (laughs) If you're not doing any custom stuff to show off the technology, because people are are converting stuff maybe, but it's going to be minimum spec of just like Mm -hmm. it being there to show true power of exclusivity. It's important. And the, and the one and the one thing about this too, where the letter where he goes, what does this mean if you're a current or future Stadia gamer? You could continue playing all your games on Stadia and Stadia Pro, and we will continue to bring new titles from third parties to the platform. We're committed to the future of cloud gaming, and we'll continue to do our part to drive this industry forward. That 
paragraph. Yeah, I don't believe I don't believe you, bro. Like I don't I don't believe, <laughs> I just don't believe you at that point, right? Oh yeah, it's a done like, deal at this point. That's, yeah. that's that's where you that's where you lost me, right? So yeah, yeah we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. Oh my god! So like, there's there's so many things to this where where I told you so, man. <laughs> I told everybody on this show as soon as it was announced. Uh, it's like it's Google, uh, man. No, They're gonna quit as soon as it doesn't look like a billion dollar thing day uh, one. I'll yeah. I'll just I'll just challenge you a bit and say you were like you you figures the whole stadia thing would just flop and be dead off right it's dead it's, dude it's, it's still you're holding on to a corpse dude it's still alive as a spoiler plan. like wanda with vision you're holding on to a corpse get out of westfield <laughs> westview <laughs> why, why are you why are you spoiling <laughs> it's episode four and it's your fault <laughs> uh for not watching the best show ever so, but some people are waiting for the whole season to be done before yeah and they're lame <laughs> they're they're prolonging their chances of being spoiled it's not my fault <laughs> um but yeah it, it, there's nothing left here i i will say s- streaming is still kicking in alive uh there's so many streaming services even nvidia <laughs> ironically is lasting longer than stadia at this point yeah didn't see that coming i thought stadia would stay a little longer uh but you know what xbox is doing and their focus of like acquiring like some major studio power and ip is really exciting uh i think they're gonna out of everybody is going to do it right. They're going to have the content exclusives to make it fun and awesome. And PlayStation will kind of lag behind in terms of that because they have such a strong $60, $70 purchase strategy. I no going. Idea. I have no idea what Sony, what Sony's doing in terms of cloud gaming, honestly, because PlayStation now is not it, right? PlayStation now is a slow test, but what they have is like this library of PlayStation previous generations that like mm-hmm. nintendo they just put it somewhere man i'll be happy to tune in and, and play final fantasy any of them really uh just to have a service going and not be worried about my phone chugging and, and stuff like that there's there's a lot of value in it for sure I, I don't know but i don't know i don't like i clearly see what microsoft is doing like clear 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 yeah. as they I don't see what what Sony's doing with with the whole X uh, with the whole streaming thing at all. Amazon I saw is in the mix, of course. <sighs> Amazon. Um, I I never. I'm not talking about that. The, that article. But anyway, but, uh, it was uh, so the last article was the Bloomberg the, one. The Bloomberg article. I I don't know the specific article. The last thing I saw was that new CEO really putting a focus on the gaming division. Like he, yeah, he as part of his, which is yeah. pretty surprising of a, of a CEO's like highlighting games as like was, one of his say, focus. I'll say that's very convenient after the Bloomberg article. Okay, so what was the Bloomberg article? Can I'll pull it up as you kind of go oh, over. Man. Well, it's just generally it was just like an another you know Jason Schreier thing. Schreier, Schreier ripping ripping a new one. Ex expose just talking about. Um, the video game division of uh, of Amazon Game Studios, and it was not it was not very flattering. Um, oh, you mean and, they suck? <laughs> you know, this... and, the, and, I, and I think the headline was something like, you know, Amazon uh, here has we go. so much money, I... but why can't they make a good game or something? I can't even remember what the headline was. 
Well, I hate to say it. <laughs> they just got the wrong people running the ship. So here's the well, Bloomberg article. Well, you basically Amazon. You basically summarized the, the the multiple page long article. Yes, they had the wrong people running the ship. <laughs> Amazon can make just about anything except a good video game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think uh, I think they probably have a hand in Google's decisions. Like, hey, who's similar to us? Who's kind of a little ahead of us? Who has the muscle power? Oh shit! Down the block, Amazon. How many years are in? Here's the thing that that article is talking about their game division, which is actually separate from the division that's doing Luna, right? And right, Luna's their engine. Well, Luna, Luna is the is the streaming service there. Oh, streaming service. And okay. The game thing is is like Lumberyard and the actual video Lumberyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Like, like if you could name if you could name one video game that Amazon Game Studios is making without looking it up, I would be really impressed. Um, Dude, I'd be impressed if someone's actively looking for a game that Amazon is working on. <laughs> Let's just take it one step at a time. Who's really caring at this point? I think two of them came out. Two of them have come out, actually. Um, you know, the Grand Tour. The Grand Tour game was from Amazon Game Studios. And uh, also sure, Crucible. no one's playing it. And yeah. also Crucible, Crucible, which which was a free-to-play game, and it got shut down like sometime. Uh, yeah, October. because it's a dumb name for a game. There's nothing exciting about that. <laughs> Everything I've heard about Amazon and uh, them trying to figure this out and pump something out, it's, again, we're not talking about the individual talented developers. It's just mismanagement, really. It's, yeah. it's not understanding how the game dev business work. And I think... Um, at least through the grapevine, there's just been challenges internally of not really breeding creativity. Uh, and that's just classic bad studio culture. And so under those environments, you can't pressure someone to make hit. And you have these egos that are probably underqualified to even take care of things. And they're yeah. running the ship to the ground. I mean, what's uh, guys like, if you want to rent me to give you a one-on-one on game development, <laughs> I'll be happy to tell you. <laughs> and I, I'm, I can do that, uh, like, you know, Eastern Asian thing where I read your face and be able to tell your whole life just from the expression of your face. He's an asshole. Don't trust that guy. <laughs> Don't go down that hall. Uh, you'll never come back with any pro- productive, right? That group is trouble. Uh but I will say this: I do respect that they are going, and they are cranking it, and they have the willpower to figure it out. And the honestly, thing is, yeah, honestly, I was calling, I was calling their demise much sooner than Google Stadia. Like, yeah, so yeah. see how far wrong you are. <laughs> Yet again, Brandon is correct. Well, Amazon will. Here's the thing: am figure I, it out. Am, here's the thing: Am I wrong? Right when. They have shipped no games, or the games they have shipped have been bad and have been canceled, uh, or like which was which was worse, like completely shutting down and just giving up, or keep going and just never shipping anything of any of any <laughs> the <story>. latter <laughs> by far, <laughs> because then our friends keep getting employed and they get paid pretty damn good salary, right? From that from that article, you read that yeah, pretty good, pretty good salary, but that's also what bread 
the studio yeah. culture, that's what made people miserable and that's what really made it a terrible place for a lot of people. Uh, well, I think during the pandemic, people are actually okay. <laughs> it's like, this is not so bad. Uh, now that I'm away from that a-hole, uh, Amazon is pretty amazing. <laughs> right? You got to look at the perspective of things. like, And then also like the whole decision around in choosing CryEngine as your engine and then modifying it and then saying you have to ship games on this thing and then was that weird and then switching and then switching gears and saying okay well yeah no you could choose whatever engine you want to do your game on after spending years of burning money so i didn't hear about that part is that last part in the article or recent yeah, years they just it's okay. an article it's an article yeah but it's just like come on man like you know because at that point, management just want to ship something that looks I, good. Actually, actually yeah. one of the one of the articles was talking about this, and uh, the article was talking about one of the quotes from the article that I was just laughing at yeah. was like, um, instead of choosing like Unity or Unreal, uh, which is like you know Unreal is the Coca Cola and Unity is the Pepsi. Yeah, they decided to make RC Cola. Right, and I, just, I, I, I could not stop laughing. At that quote. Yeah, it it's bad. true. I mean, obviously, the that's the decision cold. to that's cold. That's a cold quote. <laughs> last but not least, late last year, we kind of talk about uh, how the next ten years look like, and it was a great episode because we were actually trying to foresee what game development will be turning into and some of the predictions in this episode actually came true so for those who are interested to listen to the full episode it's episode 286 what the next 10 years look like you can't have a facebook right so that that brings to me since the last time we talked for a long time we have made fun of amazon for a long, long time. And you were always in the camp of saying it was only a matter of time that Amazon will figure out its footing as long as they keep trying, right? Something that, you know, Google can't really I mean, say. I don't even well, remember saying I think. <laughs> well, I think a long time ago, we both agreed around yeah. the table that because Amazon has so much source of income and they're so stubborn, Sure. Right, yeah. where they have put so much money into the game industry and have not shown any signs of quitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in times when me and you are like, dude, you just got to throw in the towel at this point, you're not going to understand. It takes a while, mm-hmm. and they just truck through it. And now they finally have a hit, right? Sort of a hit, <sighs> at least to a point where someone's actually talking about it. I see influencers talking about it, I see. Uh, some kind of interest and I also think the timing of it and the theme of the game New World is actually very fitting and that's you know the combination of like things that you can't plan um, I think it has helped the game kind of flourish uh, as of late so I haven't played it uh, you haven't played it but the only thing I, the only thing I know PC Gamer rated it at 60 that's all I know at a and- 65. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. I, hey, this right. is what I vote, truly believe. I don't think it's like the number one rated on Steam, game. Yeah, on Steam, on Steam, it's like pop, mostly positive ratings and like on Met- Metacritic, it's 75, right? But the user score on Metacritic is 4.4. 4. 
So like, I don't know. It seems, it seems like, and also like when I look at it, every time I see it, every time I see an image of it, yeah, I, I just immediately get bored and just yeah. want to like, just go to the next image. I'm not interested at all in anything I see. Well, let me pull this up. Uh, we were talking about wow. And for yeah. some reason you have like this memory of wow being always wow <laughs> i did not say that <laughs> and, I, and i always thought of it as ugly uh and then somewhat you know they made it their own right like give yeah. them some credit uh let's see said, let me see I if you can see like it depends on what it depends on what you call ugly right because i don't think blizzard has bad artists period of course i don't, not. Think, I don't no. think there's a bad artist in the bunch right so like i what is ugly like what what are the what is the criteria that you're using here right uh, I it, would like I wouldn't play the game because it's so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> that's the criteria. That's how yeah, like, I decided. No, yeah, like there's no normal maps. I can't play this. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, but yeah. I mean, like that's a very that's not a, a proper criteria, right? Like, sure, you know, sure, sure. There's more. There's it's, more it's graphics rough. and looks. I will say this. You know, they made it a style, and it, yeah. it was very definitive. And I think it helped kind of find a lot of their uh, games. Uh, that isn't well afterwards right they yeah. have a very and they and they adhered you no know, and they adhered to the style you know what i mean yeah. they adhered to the style and that and that's why i think the art that's why i think it's a stylistically is a good game right it, it's low poly it's flat like you know but it's good like it it looked good it looked good for it looked good for the time right it wasn't the most high end but it yeah. looked it looked consistent and well put together right like i can't i can't hate on wow for that right uh all i'm trying to say by by kind of um talking about wow is that yeah you know if new world does last longer than you know, this month uh they'll have the time to increase their 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 art <laughs> capacity yeah. right i see some i see some i'm looking at some screenshots of it right now and it looks you know it definitely looks better than wow did back in the day but, you know, uh, honestly, but, it's it's okay because it's still boring. It's yeah, still boring. like for me, most MMO games, the the measuring stick is so low, right? Um, like out of the gate, I think it already looks better than most Bethesda games. Bethesda, I mean, and those games do really well, right? So that's that's my measuring stick of like, okay, there's a chance here. But my main thing with New World is that. Because of the pandemic, because people were in solitude and self-isolation for a year, the timing of this and all the games that have been doing well, uh, like that Viking game um, and and now this Valheim and then this, right? It's a chance to people connect and people are like hungry for it. And we're not completely out of it, obviously, at the pandemic. We're we're crawling sort of out. It feels like it, but we're not there yet. And Mm -hmm. there is like this weird... I don't know if you feel it, man. Like I feel it sometimes like this weird depression of like just not knowing what's going on really. Like it doesn't feel real, real, you know? And I think a lot of people are kind of going through this still and finding kind of avenues like new world to, to kind of feel normalized again. And the timings, I think it's, has been helping uh, the game. kind of. I don't know. I don't know if during a time where we're all cooped up inside, yeah. that 
that gravitating towards playing an MMO that will encourage you to stay cooped up inside is what people are craving, right? Well, like, that's what I, games are. <laughs> <laughs> to to uh, them, it's good enough. <laughs> I mean, like for, for me, I've been like, you know, I've been trying to like get out more and, and, yeah, of course. and be people in smaller groups, you know, these things. Like, like last thing I last thing I want to do is be at a computer when I'm at a computer all day, every day in Bro. the same room you know what i mean we're like just at that age man but there's a lot of people that <laughs> i find it myself like i'm not that into gaming as much as i used to um mm. i do it mostly for motivation to create things now as my way of doing it. i still enjoy games obviously but like right. my drive of like if i were to pick and choose because of the pandemic i would like you said try to congregate with friends and socialize because I was missing that basically for a whole year. But I, I do feel like the equivalent of that to a lot of younger folks mm. have been these type of, <laughs> to them, this is the the same, <laughs> just connecting <laughs> online and, and talking. I don't um, know. I, I think even the most introverts see, would be tired of being at home at this point. Yeah, I mean it is a pushing a limit, but it's it's yeah. I'm this game like I I normally I never play MMO right, but now I I'm starting to see the appeal of it because of the social aspect of I'll sure. go raiding and this game is fine. I mean at least it's not I mean, like to a point where I'm 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 sure there are bugs right. I'm sure yeah. I read a lot of bugs, but like it's playable to a point where yeah it's enjoyable and not so. So, t- yeah. so taxing it's it doesn't the graphics I not mean, great but it's not that bad you know what i mean it's not like yeah, yeah it's I workable mean, i mean like social games are always going to be a good thing right because people just want to be sociable period right like yes. it, it turns out like multiplayer games and social games do better than not the others that that are not social or multiplayer right because especially now yeah gravitate towards that some people hate that right but like i think the numbers tell us you know a lot of people play social games right so so that's always a good bet right but um so i don't know i don't know if it's just yeah pandemic or anything like that but yeah i don't know why this game's get like because i see reviews that are kind of like lukewarm on it yeah but then it's not a complete flop i guess because everything's like lukewarm it's yeah. not like a raging success either. yeah um so but what, I, yeah, like because of what has happened this past year, multiple game delays, and I'm sure there was a whole slate of games that were supposed to be released originally this mm-hmm. year from two years ago are pushed back. There's this huge gap, right, of these type of games. Like, what other MMO can we really name the past year and a half? I mean, what MMO can you name in the last five years? Exactly, yeah. right? So, this is coming at such a perfect time, and yeah. In terms of marketing and, and whatever, you know, um, I've always thought because they're Amazon, you know, this, this is going to be easily on the front page of Twitch without any effort. And because of past games, they haven't done that. And this legitimately are, are is being covered by a lot of uh, influencers and, and streamers on their own. Uh, gives it at least a little more credence of like, oh, there might be something here which I respect, right? They didn't force it down our throats. And I when I watch it, it's... Yeah. I watch this video right now and I'm bored to tears already. <laughs> but this is, to me, what MMO is. But, like, 
you know, you're, you're playing with your friends and you're on an adventure. Like, what other games are there that can do this? I mean, this is what Epic, this is what Facebook, this is what all the major companies are trying to uh, go towards, a metaverse, right? Which yeah. I am looking forward to, 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 to playing and, 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 and looking forward to them figuring that out. Which leads you, me are to... You, are you really looking forward to people figuring that out? Honestly, I would love a, a mega game, a mega game that um, is kind of like towards what Second Life was. I, I think uh, I think there is way too much right now. There's way too much content, right? And I would love the fact that there's one hierarchy that encompasses. And organizes that and gives everyone a little bit more of a chance. Like I, I am yeah. the, the the idea of a metaverse that is able to be uh, that breaks all barriers of what a mobile game and what a triple A game, which is the main thing I feel like you, what you mentioned before, the triple A games are patting on themselves on the back for selling 20 million cops and such while the mobile games kind of like have the real numbers and 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 championing what really success looks like and uh i i feel like game developers all over are pretty much segregated at this point on um through ego or through what they're working on and uh there isn't like a singular voice right so i think with metaverse hopefully it doesn't completely just water down all the variety that we can give but it'll be kind of nice i think an organized thing that everybody can enjoy and and join and play if they want to but right? but that's not what's happening though right like like facebook's not at first thing. not at facebook's first. gonna do its thing epic's yeah. gonna do its thing they're not gonna talk to each other Right. Of course they want, not. They they want to own these are gonna be separate walled gardens, right? Sure. But they're always gonna be a number one and number two, right? So when I watch Ready Player One, that idea excites me. Like it would be really cool. Really? And that concludes this part three episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed how these roundtable news were about a lot of ranting, but informational as well. And uh, always looking forward to kind of sit down with Nepal Ray to discuss potentially what could and can that happen. So until the next episode, see you guys and have a good time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you are liking the podcast, go to the Apple iTunes store and give Game Dev Unchained a five-star rating. This will help spread the joy and love and exposure for the podcast, and we thank you very much. If you want to continue the conversation, go to our Discord, which can be found on our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at BlueChamps, B-L-U-C-H-A-M-P-S. You want to catch these episodes live every Tuesdays and Thursdays, go to twitch.tv forward slash blue underscore champs. Email me any of your concerns or questions that you want me to read aloud at the beginning of each episode at info at gamedevunchained.com. And if you want to further support us and help unlock the next feature, which is the voicemail feature, 
go to patreon.com forward slash blue champs this gives listeners a chance to kind of call in leave a message for both me and the guests to answer your deepest darkest questions and comment on your deepest darkest secrets thank you everybody Thank you.